Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the Weaker Vessel. Hello, everyone. And also joined with us on this special episode is kind of a frequent guest. Every, you know, few months or so, I feel like uh, we have this guest on. And we have with us the one and only Sandra Rowlett. Hey, y'all. How you doing, Sandra? I'm doing good. Now, you said you were tired. I am, but I'm still good. I mean, just because I'm tired doesn't mean I'm bad. <laughs> doing horrible. I'm tired, and you're making me do this. Yeah, you love it, and we love that you're on with us. Well, thank you. Awesome. We were just talking about true crime before jumping on here. That can be tiresome. No. No, that should wake <laughs> me up thinking about murder, considering I'm sitting at home by myself. True story. Yeah, little known fact about the Van Brimmers. <laughs> maybe maybe not so little known, but we are true crime junkies. Indeed. Yeah, it's a good time. So, podcasting, documentaries, the whole thing. And we're starting to get Sandra into it as well. Yeah. I love some true crime. Yeah, we have a lot of Canadian listeners. And you know what we were just talking about? All the Canadian crimes. What? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about the Highway of Tears. I think that's what it's called, right? Isn't that what I said it was called? You said it's yeah, over in the said it western side of Canada? I think it's mostly on the western side of Canada. Gotcha. But I don't know Canadian geography, so maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> western side is British Columbia. Is that where it's at? I don't know, because it listed off a bunch of cities that I don't know. Named after princes? Yeah, a bunch of princes. Yeah. I'm sure all your Canadian lis- listeners would love to correct you guys. So feel free to just, you know, post on their page. Let them know how wrong they are. Right. Um, it says uh, the Highway of Tears is a highway between Prince George and Prince Rupert, British Columbia. So There we go. Yeah. BC. Highway 16. Look at y'all knowing stuff and things. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Anywho, this is not... Uh, a podcast about murder. No, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> this took a weird turn. <laughs> that's just, you know, that's just giving people some context of, you know, our conversation here. That's all. That could be bonus patron content. Right. Um, How weird we all are. <laughs> no true crime behind the scenes with our Eric and Sandra. Entertainment consumption <laughs> habits. We love Jesus and murder. We don't love murder. We love justice. That- all right. Well, we have Sandra on for a very specific reason. <laughs> Not just to talk about true crime. <laughs> right. And that is because mostly you ladies, and I have helped out a little bit. Little bits, little bits. Little bits here and there. The, ba- the bad parts. <laughs> Seemingly, I would say. <laughs> but you guys have been working on a large project. and It feels rather large. Before we get into that, I didn't even say... Uh, anything about the network we're in or anything we're part of the reformed rebel network you guys so go subscribe to the feed like us on social media all over the place like us on youtube watch the movies we're trying to grow the youtube channel so uh, share it all over your uh, social media accounts we would greatly appreciate it if you want to financially support us which is also another huge help go to patreon.com slash 
reformed rebel. There you can find our behind-the-scenes talk about true crime. <laughs> right. Potentially. <laughs> and what you can get, though, is uh, our Systematic for Saplings study, with it, which is a Bible study guide for kids, for families, and our... Newly revised. Yeah, Ben Emery, kind of our operations guy, revised it and has a new setup where if you sign up, even at the lowest amount, I think $2 a month if you sign up, you'll get all the PDFs uh, instantly. It's a wonderful resource. Yeah, for uh, homeschool curriculums, for Sunday school curriculums. Family worship. Family worship. What else can you use it for, Sandra? VBS? A, yeah, I mean, everything. Sunday school classes. I mean, my kids love it. It's super so. versatile. Mm-hmm. Or even you wouldn't have to call it systematics for saplings. You could just, you know, use a different name and like modify it for your own personal ladies Bible study or a new believers class even. Yeah, well, we tried to make it very applicable, make it very practical. And um, I, I actually used it for a homework assignment. I called it systematics for life. And You didn't um, want to get slapped with a lawsuit? Well, it was my own content. <laughs> So I would have been okay, <laughs> but that was uh, but that that passed. I got a good grade on that assignment. So um, congratulations, Grant. Yeah, uh, thank you, Sandra. Very very much appreciate your um your comment. Thank you. Anyway, back to the project. So, babe, do you want to intro us into what this big project is that you guys have been working on? Sure. I believe it was last summer when Sandra and I were talking, as we often do, and we came up with the idea to do a family worship guide for Easter because we just kind of felt as though Easter was kind of like the forgotten holiday. Christmas gets all the attention, the birth of Jesus, and then, I don't know, Easter always seems to sneak up on us and we celebrate on Easter, but there isn't as much anticipation and preparation for Easter as we felt like our families were looking for. So we thought we would come up with something that our families could use for our own personal family use. And of course, whatever project Sandra and I start on always ends up growing and becoming a bigger right. thing than what we first imagined it would be. So we And we run out of time, essentially. and It's always a thing. It's always a thing, yeah. <laughs> so we came up with this concept to do like an antithesis to Lent. The Catholics and other denominations as well celebrate yeah. Lent every year. And traditionally, the 40 days leading up to Easter are preparing their hearts in celebration of Easter, mm -hmm. which is kind of the culmination of Lent. And I am no Lenten expert. But we just kind of thought, well, that concept is a great concept, but we disagree with Lent. We disagreed with the way Lent goes about preparing one's self for Easter. Right. Yes. And of course... The... We love the preparation, but not how they did the preparation. Right. Like you yeah. were saying, we, we were thinking about Easter in light of Christmas because we were kind of doing our finalizing of Behold Your King. Right. Our, our, right around our, June. Yeah. Our Advent. Um, that we were able to publish last year, and we were thinking, why don't why don't we do this for Easter? And we said, well, there is Lent, but we were thinking about it, and theologically, it didn't really line up. Like, what what do you mean you afflict yourself? You know, most people give something up um, during the mm -hmm. season of Lent. They give up meat or caffeine or something, some some sort of like pleasure like that, mm -hmm. like some sort of daily pleasure 
is usually what people give up. And then that giving up is supposed to remind them of, you know, the sufferings of Christ and it afflicts their soul and it's very penitential. And right. That sort of uh, attitude is carried out throughout Lent. So the concept was give up something in order to become closer with God. Right. And that was what we just didn't love. Right. We understood that our theology to be one that because we are post-Easter now, right. we are post-resurrection and Jesus's kingdom and and work is now spreading all over the world and affecting the world, that the theme that we should be proclaiming is feasting, right? not fasting. Right. Yeah. So that's where the idea of creating this family devotional came from. And I don't know how the concept of, well, we talked about feasting, but I don't know where the idea of bringing in recipes came from. But during one of our conversations, one of us thought of it and we thought, well, if it's going to be about the opposite of Lent, which is giving something up, then let's have it be focused around a table and focused around feasting and the blessing and the feast that God has given to his people, especially like you said, post-resurrection. So we came up with this idea of the prepared table. Yeah. Sandra, what was your initial reaction to this idea when you and Erica were? Yeah, Sandra, what was it? (laughs) I'm always, I'm always excited to do it. And then we just always keep growing. And then pretty soon I'm like, are we going to be able to get this done? <laughs> I think Erica was probably a little bit more worried about it than I was. And then she's like, girl, no, we still got to do da, 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 da. Then I was like, oh, no, we got it. And then we started entering in all of our recipes. And I was like, oh, yeah, we did a lot of recipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the recipes, let's talk about that for a second. So maybe the structure of our devotional, the prepared table, might be a little bit confusing at this point because we haven't really described it. Yeah. But. The idea is that every day, 40 days leading up to Easter, Easter being the 40th day, the feast to end all feasts, Mm -hmm. um, is a devotional and a song to be sung around your table, a song of Thanksgiving. There are questions to go along with your devotional reading and, of course, scriptures that correlate to your devotional reading. And then a meal, uh, at least three-part meal that has been designed and was a meal plan, essentially. Right. And so, yeah, every day you are preparing in the kitchen and then you sit down at the table and you feast on God's word and then you feast on the food that you prepared. And the concept is also that you should be hospitable and inviting your neighbors mm-hmm. and that when you prepare your table, you should be inviting people to your table that you have prepared. So, all yes, of you're sharing the good news. Yeah, right. It's not just like this very introspective Lenten, like all of, all about all about you. Yeah, it's it's not like that. It's the opposite of that. So yeah, and it's not just like just focus here on your little bitty family, but like your family. Like our family is bigger than just us. It's it's our neighbors and you know it's other people our in your and church, sisters too. in Christ, and right. and yep. all of that. Yep. So when it comes to the meals, yeah. um, since you're talking about being hospitable, what is specific about the meals that allows that? So they're just, they're easily made meals. They're not going to be super expensive to make. They're ones that would feed several people. Eric and I both have pretty good sized families and these are meals that we could easily make and feed both of our families easily with. Like it wouldn't be, you know, hard and they're easy to like 
if you needed to double it or whatever because you're having a large an even larger group then you it, it would be these are recipes that are easy to double and all that and they're um like you said they're economical they're not going to be expensive i mean it's 40 days of meals so if yeah. if we weren't careful it could easily get expensive if you're hosting every night of the week so we looked for a lot of um like Cassandra said easy meals but also meals that were budget friendly meals that kids would eat because let's be honest there are a lot of foods that kids don't prefer so we tried to keep it <laughs> um simple in the sense of like you know we're not feeding kids like escargot or you know yeah, yeah. so no recipes <laughs> something crazy yeah no I mean, recipes that contain ingredients that you can only get at the once a month farmer's market right okay yeah between the both of us i mean we have six kids so i think that all of our kids would eat all of these meals right and they all have different tastes so in the reformed world we basically have one kid I know, right? Well, you know. <laughs> um, I, mean, I can't help it, okay? <laughs> right. We've tried, people. Same. It's just all God's given Same. us. <laughs> it's not for lack if of you, trying. If anybody else wants to give us babies, we'll take them, okay? True story. Um, oh, also, we tried to stay away from ingredients that people were typically allergic to. Uh, of course, we couldn't get rid of all allergens in our meal planning, but the the main things we tried to steer away from as much as possible. Which we thought would allow for more hospitality as well. Yeah. So also different varieties. Like we tried to make sure that we mixed up the types of food. So there's a lot of pasta. There's a few casseroles. There are some different kinds of soup. There's Italian. There's Mexican. There's Asian. I'm just saying it would have been easy for us to do Mexican every night. Right. Well, and Italian. Between Mexican and Italian food, I mean, you just can't go wrong. I mean, I'm just saying. We kind of had to catch ourselves a few times. This is not low-cal food either, y'all. This is feasting. I mean, you are going yeah. to, like, have to not watch your weight during yeah, these Save your days. diet for don't, after. <laughs> don't try to no-carb it and make our food. <laughs> no. Plan your diet after. Although there might be meal planning people who would be that savvy. I mean, there are, they're out there. They could look at the recipes and know how to. I'm sure. And you know. I guess if that's your thing, you just go for it. You do you, girl. Or guy, I guess. <laughs> Whoever's making Whoever's it. making it. <laughs> individual. <laughs> yeah, individual. So I do want to say something about inviting people over. Because okay. we have mentioned this hospitality thing, which is rooted in the command to disciple the nations. It's right. rooted in the Great Commission, right? Again, we are, we are post-Easter and we, we have a positive post-millennial hope of gospel growth in the world. Mm-hmm. So that is our foundation springboarding us to do such things as this. Mm-hmm. But we do understand. So if you're listening and you're going, well, geez, I can't have people over 40 days in a row. That's a lot. And, you know, mm-hmm. that maybe someone's thinking that. That's not what we're expecting. Right. We don't actually expect you to, like, have someone in your home, someone different in your home for 40 days in a row. But we know that if you are, especially a family, if you are Mm -hmm. preparing meals for your family every single day, then this is, I mean, essentially we've we've made a meal plan for you. And it's a way that you can be prepared. It's a way that you can be intentional and to utilize those 40 days leading up to Easter to, Mm -hmm. I guess, steward the hearts of your children and steward the resources that God has given you, leading them, pointing them towards Easter, the resurrection of Christ, and it's it's essentially like a Christmas Advent, but for Easter. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, just think about it. I mean, you could do it with your friends and be like trade off on meals. 
yeah and be like True. you know go to each other's houses and like do do the study together and just you know do it that way if you have a community group once a week you could yeah. do it with your community yeah. group a potluck after church on sunday if you had like a little group yeah you could easily use some of the recipes like we said these are really budget friendly recipes mm-hmm. they're good but they're not something that's going to cause you to go broke so right you've no excuse and we want pictures Oh, yeah, we want pictures. Yeah, that would be amazing. It would be amazing to see all the different contexts that this is being used in. Used in, yeah, mm-hmm. with, whether it's families or friends or church or community group, like all those different things. It'd be really cool to see right. um, people using it in. A few months back, Sandra and I posted something on Facebook asking people for their favorite budget-friendly, crowd-pleasing recipes. Mm-hmm. And we got several hits. And so over the holidays, especially you and I, um, Sandra, were trying out these recipes that people had given us, trying to pick our favorites and things that we thought would be possible to actually replicate. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one of the funnest things for us has been to try other people's recipes. Yeah. And so the people that did give us recipes will get credit in this. Their name should be attached to the recipes that they sent. And so if you've given us a recipe and we liked it, then you can look for your name. And if you gave us a recipe and we didn't use it, don't be offended. I'm sure it was great. We just had a limited slot. Yeah. We had a lot of recipes. And then we had a lot that we, we've we gotten over the years from, you know, different things, grandparents and mm-hmm. just family recipes that have been passed down. And who knows where they came from, honestly, that we just threw in there as Tried well. Tried and true that recipes. We just, yeah, that we just loved and we've always been complimented on. So um, it was really, it's been fun though, like trying all the recipes. My favorite though is like, it's very fun. And my kids would be like, this isn't a keeper. <laughs> like, they got so used to trying things that they would be like, this is a keeper. Yeah, this one's not mom. Okay, so <laughs> did you have one recipe in particular that your kids just did not like? Um, I'm trying to think because I mean, I only cooked it once, obviously, and we've been doing this for, for months. how many months now? Yeah. Oh, I made one that was a um, oh, a stroganoff. Oh yeah, and it was. They all like took a bite, and this was like at the beginning. So like you know, like they were like eating it, and you could totally tell like they didn't want to be like, "Mom, this isn't good." They were trying to be nice. <laughs> they're like, "I'm like, what do you think?" They're like, "Mm-hmm," and they're just chewing the same bite over. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "If you don't like it, we can order pizza." It's fine. <laughs> That's like, so funny. Like, like, I, don't, I don't like this one. <laughs> Pizza, pizza's great, Mom. <laughs> was there? It was so funny, though. What was has been their favorite one so far? Um, I think their favorite one has been. I don't know. They've liked a lot. We got a lot of good ones, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. They. We haven't done. There's a mac and cheese one that you have that I haven't tried yet, mm-hmm. and they really want to try that. But they really like the creamy spinach pork chops it's like their favorite Ooh, yeah. yeah that one is really like, good if i make that like they want to invite their friends and everything like so <laughs> is that we had it, last and, night mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah well, that's so good yeah it's really so good they they love that one and like almost like pretty much every dessert they've loved oh yeah for sure yeah every I mean, every meal has a main course a side dish and a dessert because you have to if you're feasting right so, what is the one that I made? 
I think there's only been one that you oh, guys yeah. didn't like, but it was like, it wasn't that you guys just didn't like it. It was that all of you were like, this is disgusting. Don't ever make it again. Thank you for trying, but do this is even, trash. Do you even love us? <laughs> yes, it was received and and it was like real bad. Do you remember what that one was? Yeah, that was the uh, the jerk chicken. The Jamaican jerk chicken. Jamaican jerk chicken. And it was recipe. like one of those authentic recipes. <laughs> yeah. And our kids don't well, like authentic so, Jamaican first jerk First of all, I'm just <laughs> laughing. They're like, Mom, they're like, you're a jerk for making us eat this. Right? <laughs> the, uh, well, the, the first problem and i i don't think you could have foreseen this but the first problem was that it came out like black remember that yeah it wasn't burnt or anything it was just the sauce and stuff that was on yeah it, it was the recipe that i had because it, it, it has it a lot of like warm a lot of like warm spices in it yeah, and so it, was, it just had a weird grayish color it just it wasn't appealing like i don't even either. remember what it tastes like i think there was like coconut milk in the rice too the rice was actually yes, pretty decent there was the coconut I rice was good. I think I was, was on the phone with you when you made that, and it was a, you were like, yeah, I don't know about this. I mean, the kids were, like, the, like the next meal we had, they'd be like, well, at least it's not jerk chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's the recipe that will never be lived down. No, we're like, okay, guys, we got it. That one was real bad. Y'all were taking hits for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the one that is uh, super good is the Cajun chicken. Yeah, that one's really pasta good. Pasta and Cajun chicken. Ooh, that one is really good. Mm-hmm. That is really good. Y'all, there's some super good recipes in this thing. I mean, I think every single one of them are. I mean, we've only picked the best. Like, we really have. We've tried hundreds yeah. of recipes, and we've picked our favorites that we thought would be economical. And that's why we didn't choose some of the recipes that other people oh, gave yeah. to us. Not not because they weren't good, but because it would just be too costly to feed um, like 10 or 12 people. Right. Should we talk a little bit about the the theme, though? I know we've sort of talked about it being the an- antithesis to fasting, mm-hmm. right? So we're talking about feasting. Right. Do you want to at least kind of dabble a little bit in that without giving away too much? Because we obviously want people to, to check it out. To check it out and to read yeah. the devotional and really benefit from it. Yeah, sure. Sandra, how would you intro somebody to the the theme of the devotionals? Yeah, so we just kept seeing the theme of feasting in scripture as we studied. So we just felt inspired by that to just have that leading us up to Easter. That because of what Christ has done, we've been invited to the table and, you know, we're invited to come feast now. Yeah, a table that he's prepared for us. Yeah. Yeah, when they first brought the idea to me, the first thing that popped into my head was that when God made his covenant with Israel on Mount Sinai, one of the results of breaking that covenant was famine. Right. And then we see that constantly through Israel's time as a nation is that famine would hit the land mm-hmm. when they're being disobedient. Right. Then you you go back further and you look at the curse on Adam and it's the ground that's cursed, and now producing food is is more difficult. And so, you know, this, this idea of famine is actually part of the curse, but then Jesus comes, and the resurrection is the beginning of the curse being reversed, mm-hmm. right? He's the first fruits of the resurrection. Death is no more. Right. He's the sign of that Well, reality. and he calls himself 
the true vine. He calls himself the bread of life. The bread of life. I mean, this idea of food and feasting and famine and fellowship. It like came alive everywhere, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And if you go through this devotional, you'll see how we've kind of, in the beginning, introduced concepts. Like mm-hmm. you just said, the, the curses that were given to Adam and Eve. And we kind of like walked through concepts. And then in the middle part, uh, the second section of our devotional, we actually go back into primarily the Old Testament and show where certain stories and certain narratives have this idea of feasting or famine or fellowship. We kind of raise it to the surface yeah. and then point it towards the fulfillment found in Christ. And so the entire devotional is really centered around a table. Yeah. And, and centered around the curse removing work of Jesus. Right. Yep. Which is the scriptures. I mean, that's what the Bible is essentially all about. In a nutshell, we go from Genesis where, like you said, the curses are given. And then you go to the book of Revelation Mm -hmm. and the story ends with a feast, with a marriage supper of the lamb. And all of scripture is kind of ebbing and flowing through this famine, feasting, fellowship theme. Yeah. And honestly, at the beginning, I thought, I don't know if we're going to get 40 days of this. You know, I thought this is going to get repetitive. We're going to run out of content pretty quick, but it's really everywhere in scripture. And it was it was easy to fill up 40 days with with uh, different passages of different scriptures. The Bible, yeah, yeah, to to point out this concept. So in a sense, it is repetitive because it all does point to Jesus. Well, it's one theme. It's a, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's amazing just how much scripture points in that direction. Yeah, it's super awesome. Okay, so another thing we can talk about is how we are going to release it. Via the internet. (laughs) Good plan. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so how are we going to release this? Uh, What day does it start? The 26th. Of February. Yes. Correct? Mm -hmm. All right, so what are we going to do? It will be released on our blog. And every day you'll get your devotional and your liturgy. We'll call it the liturgy. Um, we'll, talk about more. we'll talk more about that in a second. Yeah. So you'll get your daily liturgy. And then I think on the Friday of every week, the beginning of the next week, mm-hmm. um, we are going to release a grocery list. Mm-hmm. And this is just to help those people out there who are like to shop, you know, for their coming week. Yeah. And so that will just have a list of ingredients that you're going to need for the upcoming week's meals so that you don't have to run to the grocery store every day. Awesome. And then daily, the the liturgy will be released with the devotional and the recipes. And how is the liturgy going to be set up and organized? Yeah, I'm really excited about our liturgy um, because we have the wife serving her family, preparing this meal, and then serving it to her family. And then the family will basically do the doxology together. Um, which we'll is a song, which is like a yeah, song just, sung by everyone at the table in case some yeah, people don't know what that is. Yeah, exactly. And then the man will serve his family by now doing, you know, the devotional and the scripture reading, well, scripture reading and like devotional and then the benediction and kind of eating last because kind of, you know, shows your kids and your other people there that, you know, like the wife is served here and now here's the husband. The family's like serving together in a sense. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So we were, you were pretty thoughtful about how we wanted it to work out. Like Sandra was saying, 
We did want it to be something that the whole family can participate in from the wife preparing the kitchen and even the kids like getting to set the table and help prepare the house, you know, clean up or whatever, get things ready in order for guests. Or even do one of the scripture readings. Yeah, Yeah. that could totally be a thing. You have an old enough kid to... We loved the thought of after the meal is served to the guests that the whole crowd sings the doxology together, which if you've never done that before mealtime, I would just highly suggest, not even just during the prepared table, but all the time. Like our families do it all the time. Oh, it's It's, like my children's favorite thing. Yeah. And I will say that my kids even do it like my oldest son, who's 14, has, you know, some non-Christian friends. And even when they come over for dinner, like they always look at, look at them like they're kind of crazy, but they kind of love it. And they yeah. just are like, can I come back again? <laughs> that might be the one part that people hate the most is like having to sing in front of their house guests. Yeah. But there is something about singing a song of praise to God for the meal that he's given to you. And it's worship. And so you're worshiping God before the meal, which is so appropriate. And then as you're all eating and consuming this prepared feast, then the husband is sharing scripture and going through the devotion. And then afterwards, there is a section where we have table talk questions, Mm -hmm. which was a super clever name. Yeah. And uh, so even after the meal is eaten and everyone's done and finished, you can continue on with your conversations and it's not just like a, a passing devotional that we quickly do away with. It's something that we want to discuss and to conversate about and focus right. on. So there's very intentional steps. There's a very intentional liturgy behind why we have things set up the way it is. And so we would encourage you to do all of the steps. Like don't skip the doxology. Don't skip the questions. It, it might be uncomfortable, but right. do it anyway. The questions are not I- hard. Singing the doxology and everything. It, ha- I mean... Like I said, with my son, it's it's brought questions, but it's even been wonderful as his friends have been like, why do you guys sing to watch him like explain that right. to his friends? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. You know, and it's it's brought in like a conversation right, for him to have with it, even his friends at 14 years old. There you go. About why we sing a praise to God before our meals. So I would definitely encourage it. Yeah. Don't skip it. And then the benediction at the end. So, Grant, maybe you yeah. should talk about the benediction because that is something traditionally done by either the minister or the father of the family, the patriarch. Yeah. In Numbers 6, uh, the Lord commanded Israel to bless the children, bless the families uh, with the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. Amen, is how they end it in church normally. And I think it's interesting that Paul, in almost every single one of his letters, maybe all of them, begins his letters with saying, grace and peace to you Mm -hmm. from our, you know, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ, Christ, or from God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. Both of those things are mentioned in the benediction. Mm -hmm. Grace and peace. And so it's just such a wonderful thing to um, end that time with, especially for the guests that you do have. Obviously, it's something you want to extend to your spouse, to your friends, to the family that you have with you. But especially if you have guests that are not Christian or something, that they they know you 
You are there to bless them. And that's what you've done all day, right? right. Like the woman has been, I'm saying the woman because traditionally, and I think even biblically, a woman's role is to be homeward focused and preparing meals for her family. You can mm-hmm. even see that in Proverbs yep. 31. But also the husband who has allowed for everyone else to eat before him. Like there are, are real tangible visual ways for your guests to see that you have served them. Mm-hmm. So then it is a natural outpouring after you've done those things to then go on towards the ending of the liturgy and the benediction. Right. Just kind of tying it all together and letting that guest know we've done all of this because we wish blessing on you. Right. Like we. Do you think people are going to think that we're kind of nuts and we're trying to make this into like a mini church service? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They might. We're not, y'all. Like all of life is a liturgy, right? Yeah, like everything exactly. you do, there's an order to and there's an intentionality. Yep. Even if you think you're not being intentional, like I would probably say you may not realize it, but there is a reason why you shampoo your hair before you condition it. <laughs> like there's a liturgy to literally everything we do. Liturgy and so <laughs> why not be intentional and think through right. the Easter season and prepare your hearts and prepare your table and your home and utilize all the good gifts that God has given you. Yeah, no, nothing's neutral, and it isn't just a meal, right? Right. It, it is more than that. So yeah. Well, I mean, we put a lot of emphasis on you know Christ's birth that He came and stuff, and then the holidays coming. You know, before that we had Thanksgiving and a lot of people Halloween and all these holidays and everything. And by the time people get through Christmas, I think a lot of times they're they're tired, right? <laughs> Right. They went all they went all out for every holiday and now they're tired and then here comes Easter, you know, and everybody is, you know, excited about Easter and they want you know, as a Christian we want our children to remember Mm -hmm. what Easter's about. Mm -hmm. But we don't take the time to really like yes, he came and you know, he he was born, but it didn't stop there. Right. It wasn't just, oh, he came, he was born, we're good. I mean, there was a whole purpose. And we, I think it's very important that we make sure our children and, you know, our friends and our family, they know what that purpose was right. and what he did for us because it changed everything. Yeah. Right. I mean, if he would have just stopped after the birth and wouldn't have paid for the sins, then we're all in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, exactly. so yeah, let's, let's, you know, let's be intentional. Let's do the liturgy. Let's put the emphasis there and let's share it with our friends because if we're just being quiet, we just do it with our family. We don't invite anybody to the table. We become I mean, inbred. What's the purpose? Yeah. yeah. Remember the reason for the season. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> for all the seasons. People. For Easter too. And y'all, really, we've kind of, like, we've really dumbed it down. So even if you feel like I am not a good chef, I am not great with hospitality. I am super introverted or like my husband's not a Christian. My wife is not a Christian. Like we really try to make this as simple as possible. So yes, it might seem like a lot of steps, but they're steps that you're typically doing anyway. Like you're going grocery shopping anyway. You're making a meal for your family Mm -hmm. anyway. I'm hoping you're praying for your meal beforehand anyway. Hopefully you're doing worship with your family anyway. Right. So these are just things that we are hoping you're doing all the time. And so we've just kind of reordered them a little bit and tried to help you out. And maybe if you are hoping to start doing those things, this would be a perfect time to do it. Right. It's a great rhythm to jump into and get into the habit of and honestly we have six children so we want all of our children to understand exactly what we're talking about 
just like we did with the, right. you know, the mm-hmm. Christmas advent. We, we want the, you know, two year old to understand it. We want 14 year old to understand it. We want everybody to get something from it. So, right. you know, I think it really does a good job of all that. Right. We try to keep it pretty theologically rich, but also simple to understand. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that we needed to cover to talk about this? Um, I hope we sold it. Yeah, right. We <laughs> hope you're uh we hope you're all in now and can't wait for this thing to get released. We are really excited about it. We're really excited we really to, are. to do it and release it and to hear how other people jump into it also. So be on the lookout. Tag us in photos of your dishes tag us in your tablescapes tag us in photos of all of you sitting around listening to scriptures being read or Mm -hmm. singing the doxology i mean we would love to see pictures of you guys actually using something that we put so much work into it would really bless us it really would because i mean it started off small and i mean erica we just can't ever do anything small let's just be real no it's true be weird for jesus with us everybody And you know what's so funny is like everyone that we've been weird around, (laughs) everyone that we've invited to our Sabbath dinner or have sung the doxology in front of like any of those weird things that we do as a family, everyone kind of loves and is like, oh, I want to do that too. And then they go back and start doing it. Like it's never something that people are just like, well, you're weird and I'm never coming back again. Yeah, it's true. That we've never had that example. Maybe they said that behind our back, but we've never experienced it. So... That's I mean, okay. I've never said it to your face. Yeah. I mean, just other things to my face, Sandra. <laughs> That's going to be patron content. We can't do that right now. True friendship. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, be on the lookout. The 26th is day one. But the first grocery list will be released before that, right? Right. The first grocery list will be released the prior Friday. And we are also hoping to put out our intro. We have written up a little intro to this whole thing it's Mm -hmm. just like a brief summary of the whole point that should be going out the week or two before as well i'm not exactly sure when all right there should be a blog post trying to entice you before the 26th and of course it will get released and shared on all of the social medias right so as long as you go follow us you will see it so the prepared table boom all right everybody thanks for listening We hope this was beneficial, edifying, and we hope you're excited for the prepared table. We are very excited. We pray. We've literally been so excited. We literally prepared a table. (laughs) We literally (laughs) built a table in preparation. We did build a table. That table looks bomb, babe. You had such a good idea. It's just kind of funny. We didn't really think about that (laughs) when we were doing it, but funny coincidence. Subconsciously. Yeah. It's good stuff. Hey, Sandra, thanks for coming on with us. No problem. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> you guys, Sandra is not technically a reformed rebel. Yeah. But she basically I'm reformed. is. Hold on, wait a second. I'm she, reformed. Is she an honorary reformed rebel? Yes. She she, an honorary I mean she rebel? has to be because literally half of the content she helps to put out. It's true. So Yeah, it's, it's true, it's true. I enjoy it. If there are any typos, we're gonna blame her. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it probably was me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Alright, awesome. Well, guys, we pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah.
Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gain, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart. From original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a dark state. Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames. Left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames. Cause we're powerless to change. If you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily. As you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3.